0: Welcome to the new little life podcast. My name is Allison. I'm a lactation consultant, a breast pump expert, and a mom of three little boys. Here on the podcast, we talk with real moms and experts about breastfeeding and pumping. This podcast is designed to help you feel supported by other moms who are doing exactly what you're doing to get tips and tricks on breastfeeding and learn how to efficiently navigate pumping while going back to work. Welcome back. We have another episode of season two, where we're really focusing on working moms. Today, we have a really unique guest with us who has a lot of experience, not only personally breastfeeding and pumping as a working mom, but found a, I'm going to call it a hack to make her life a little bit easier and kind of turned it into a small business. So I'm excited to dive into that a little bit later in this conversation, but let me introduce you to our guest today, Jillian Roth is the founder, mom, engineer, and Lactivist behind Mamaway, bringing confidence and support to new parents in their fourth and fifth trimester pumping journey through functional products and tactical support. Her mission is to share her experience and expertise with as many parents as possible by bringing tactical support and functional products to the market in how we manage breast milk storage and new parent support. Jillian and her partner, Steve, live in Denver, Colorado with their three kids. Evelyn and Brayden were born in Singapore, and August is their Colorado native. She has a mechanical engineering and international business degree from Michigan Technological. I knew I was going to mispronounce that. (laughs) University. Can we call that MIT? No. MTU. There we go. MTU. Thank you for that. And she was also named outstanding young alumni in 2014 in her early career success. She was featured in impact magazine in 2016. The freeze it flat was their first patent pending product and was named the breast milk storage product of the year in 2022. Oh, I'm so excited to talk to you today. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you, thank you for having me. And you are
1: you are officially the first person that got to say that last part out loud. We had to wait uh, until July to be able to announce that last bit. So
0: I am so impressed with that. Um, congratulations for one. Thank you. Making thank it you. all work as a mom and a business owner. Um, I really feel you up there. It's a lot. It's a lot of behind <laughs> the scenes that goes into a bio like that. Yes,
1: yeah. It's 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 busy. We're not with lack of things to do
0: no, we never are. We never are. Okay. Well let's just dive in. You have a really cool experience. You have a lot of really good tips and stuff to share with us. So can we kind of just start at the beginning of your kiddos, your breastfeeding pumping journey, just like take me back. Let's do it. Yeah. And I'll, I'll
1: actually, I'll start a bit farther back than that. Cause I think it adds to the story. Like I, when I was 14, I was one of the many diagnosed with endometriosis. And I was told by my OB as a teenager that I would never have children. Um, spoiler alert, I did. Um, but so, so I didn't think I'd have kids. I spent my 20s digging into my career, did not make the perfect Pinterest, you know, nursery like most of my other friends did. Um, and so that career brought me over to Singapore. We were living over there in 2014. Um, and surprise, surprise, I uh, ended up pregnant with Evelyn. And so we had about nine months to figure this out um, the, oh my God, we're going to be parents. Um, and with that, I had a job that I was on a plane every other week. And so when I went back to work at eight weeks, um, I wanted to, I wanted to breastfeed. Um, I wasn't, I was privileged enough to not be raised in a a family that uses formula. And so I just assumed that's what you did because that's what I was surrounded with. And so we had the very tactical problem to solve of how do I take this cooler with me? How do I make sure we get it back? And then also to, to make it even and more fun, how do we fit it in our tiny, tiny little Singaporean freezer um, to make sure that's there for her um, when she needed to have it. And so yeah, I was back at work at eight weeks, hauling a pump and a cooler literally around Asia um, and ended up doing that for both her and then when Braden was born our second, um, same thing for him, exclusively breastfed. And with him, I was even back to work even earlier at five weeks. Um, so it's just been, it's just kind of been a part of the, the way it goes for me. That's amazing.
0: Yeah. Having a, I had a baby in Europe, my third baby. And so I can really relate. We had tiny freezers, um, things <laughs> more difficult to find. Okay. I went back to work also in 2014 with my first baby and I really struggled finding resources and like information on how to pump. So what did you do? How, what was that like for you back in 2014? Yeah. So
1: I, I was working for a fortune 50 company. It was relatively big. I had a couple of friends that understood the pump pumping side of things. So I had one or two friends, maybe somewhere in the planet um, that had really done it and could help me with some of the basics of like, you know, here's how you get it through your insurance. And here's like the, excuse me, the, like the two options of breast pumps I think we had back then.
0: Seriously, that um, was it. Yep.
1: <laughs> yeah. So she helped with, with the basics of it. I had um, an amazing doula um, at OB in Singapore um, and they helped with like the establishing supply side of it, um, in making sure that I knew how that worked. I never, um, got full on mastitis. I had I, I dealt with clogs and stuff like that. Cause the pump was so much different from the baby. Um, and so they helped me through that hands-on version of things. Um, and I had a Singapore has lactation masseuses and this woman would come to my house for an hour and a half and it, she would use it like a. It's like a credit card, almost like size kind of thing. And she would just scrape anything out, like after a long trip to try to help make sure that things were still flowing. Um, That's right. so it was a lot of support when I could cobble together.
0: <laughs> wow. Very, very interesting. I have heard of some like breast massage specialists, like that would do something yeah. like that, but I've never actually talked to anyone who like had it done, especially. Oh, it's amazing. Very it's cool. Amazing. <laughs> But yeah, the, the
1: gear that I had to bring with me, it was, you know, figuring out, um, the pump and the cooler and how do I get through TSA and what, you know, if I'm going to be gone for two days versus five days, do I freeze it? Do I leave it chilled? You know, that was all kind of trial and error and figured it out as I went.
0: Let's dive into some of this like travel stuff. So when you, when you're going on a trip, walk me through that breast milk wise, pumping wise.
1: Yeah, so the first, absolutely first thing I would do is lay everything out. And it's, it, and I probably do the same for, you know, my clothes. Like you lay it out and you make sure that, like, you go through your wardrobe and you're like, I have a shirt, I have a pair of pants, I have the underwear that goes under the pants, and I have socks, like a very visual management of packing. And you do the same for pumping. Put the pieces together, like, make a fully functional, stick the flanges on it, stick the duck bills on it, make sure the tubes go all the way to the pump, like, make sure you have all of the pieces visually in front of you put together so that when you take it apart and put it in the bag, you're not missing anything. Um, and so you go through and figure out, okay, I would walk through my days, right? So if my day is gonna be um, somewhere with access to a fridge, I probably don't need as many things as a day where I'm gonna be, and in you know, my case, I'm, I'm going around Manila where there's, there's nothing, right? So I need to bring two or three sets of things because I'm not gonna be able to wash it. And if I am gonna be able to wash it, I don't have potable water. And so really walking through your day and figuring out, here's what my schedule is going to be. Here's where my breaks are going to be. And here's what I'm going to need for it to, to be able to help throughout the day. And, and am I going to have to clean things? Where am I going to store things? Do I need ice? Do I need extra baggies? And just really thinking through your day and laying it all out.
0: It's a lot to, to navigate and manage for sure. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> um, um, how about traveling through the airports and TSA and did you ever run into any problems with milk pump parts, stuff like that?
1: Yeah. So I'll, to, to speak to it, you know, internationally, it's going to be different in every country. Mm-hmm. Um, I think your, your audience is mostly in the U S mostly in the U S. Yep. But, okay. So I'll speak to the U S market first and foremost, they cannot and should not be harassing you for breast milk. And so when I traveled in the States, it was definitely walking in with the confidence that this is a medical requirement. And so the same, like, if you were to treat, like, I always went in and gave myself a pep talk that this cooler and this milk is if it's as if I had crutches with me. And if somebody was trying to take my crutches away, well, then what am I going to, this is a medically required thing that I have with me. It's like medication. Um, And so going in with a confidence of knowing your rights and transporting it is first and foremost, and and it shouldn't cause anxiety. Um, The other, the only other piece is really just giving yourself enough time. Yes, you may need to do an extra scan. Yes, it might take a little bit extra time to go through, um, but everything should be fine, whether it's liquid, whether it's solid. um, If your ice packs are frozen or not, they shouldn't, they shouldn't be able to limit it based on any of those things. Did Um, they ever
0: have to like test the milk or did you ever run into any problems where they wanted to tamper with the milk that you were uncomfortable with?
1: I've had a couple where they wanted to open it, like open the bottle and sniff it. Um, I generally tried to keep it liquid just because it's easier to transport when it's liquid and chilled rather than frozen and chance fine. Um, But I've had a couple that wanted to open the bottles. Um, I always, always, always insisted that they put on clean gloves before they touch any of my stuff Um, because I don't want somebody else's cooties all over my my kids breast milk. Yeah. Um, most of the time they take their little, um, swabs and just kind of wipe the outside or they they've got a machine that they kind of just lay it in like a little cubbyhole thing. Um, so not super invasive. Um, but it it was just usually stuff that would just take a bit longer.
0: Yeah. And I'm, I'm guessing you probably had to pump occasionally in the airport or on the plane or something. I mean,
1: Oh, absolutely. Right. Yeah.
0: (laughs) I, um, I never used to nurse Nursing cover to actually nurse a baby.
1: I only use nursing covers to pump.
0: This is me so too. Sitting, yep. <laughs>
1: <laughs> sitting on a plane, I throw a nursing cover on, and whatever nice gentleman was sitting next to me would be like, "What's well, about to go down here?" Um, and yeah, you get all you get all set up under there and wiggle around, and then they just get to listen to the calm, soothing pump along with the plane noise.
0: <laughs> little, little milk drips. Did you ever run yeah. into any um, negative comments or just awkward situations? Uh-huh.
1: You get the stares, you know, people that don't understand and don't know are kind of in the like, I think it's more curiosity mm-hmm. um, of like, what in the world is going on over there? And I was always one that it was, my, my boobs were like elbows, like, here's my wristwatch, come see it if you want. You know, yeah. I know some people get more more self, uh, self-conscious than that and might be a little bit nervous that they're being judged. But most of the looks were probably because they just didn't know what was going on. Um, yeah. More so than anything that had anything to do with me. Um, but you do what I loved is you get the the other moms that know exactly what you're doing, and you get like that fist bump through a look, uh, and that that part was just nice. <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, I feel like it's the same as as your example earlier, someone with crutches or someone with some like medical thing or device. Like I I would do a double take, and even. And just be like, oh yeah, it's just different than what you normally see. And I think we get that too with pumping and it can be easy to take it as judgment or as like make you embarrassed. But again, it's, it's people usually just curious or just a double take because it's out of the norm. And I don't think many people really are judging or, and even if they are like, you know what, <laughs> I gotta feed my baby. I'll look. So- <laughs> yeah. I think more and more airports
1: are getting nursing rooms or Mamava has some amazing pods. I've used those I've seen
0: several of those. Yeah. Yeah. So
1: I think those are getting more and more common, definitely more so than when, you know, I was traveling so much and pumping. Um, and so that's, that's nice to see that like for the people that are self conscious or want the private space, um, that they have that option now, whereas, you know, before I just, you know, I'm going to sit out in front of everybody and call it a day, whatever.
0: <laughs> so you were able to make enough milk for your babies via pumping, correct? Yes. Yes. When I
1: was gone. Yeah, it was definitely, um, I had oversupply. So I I will preface with that. I definitely, um, it comes with its own pros and cons, but I had oversupply. And so if it got to something where I did have to, you know, leave a bag behind or if it didn't fit in the cooler, I, I was okay. Some trips here and there. Um, but it was definitely making sure we stayed ahead of them.
0: Did you ever mail breast milk? Like they have some services where you can mail it. Yeah, I did I, uh,
1: with Milk Stork.
0: Um, yeah. And
1: I have I have a girlfriend that actually helped test out their international. They do it internationally now. Um, but I had used it with my third. So I didn't have it with the first two. Yeah. But with my third, I was actually on a nine-day trip. Um, and I had my company actually paid for it. Um, and so definitely ask about benefits at, at your company if they pay for shipping breast milk. Some companies Um, do, yeah. They do, and even if they don't have a policy, you know, ask if that's something that they're willing to pay for. Um, Mm -hmm. Which is another funny story when I had to do that. But um, yeah, it's actually relatively easy to use. They they send you the box like ready to go. Um, There's bags in it, and you can either use those or have the ones that you just filled and swap them out. Um, And then you fill it up. I want to say it was maybe. Maybe a dozen bags, ten to a dozen in a box, and then they've got this ice pack that you just like push a little button. It's one of those instant freeze okay. kind of things. Um, and then you take it to—I want to say—I think it was UPS—and you just drop it off. They've got the labels all ready to go, um, pre-populated with your address. And and my husband got them back. And I only had—I think I only had that whole time. I only had like one or two bags every week in that, which wasn't horrible. I mean, for as much as I was sending.
0: Yeah, that's a lot. Um, yes, yeah, so
1: it's, it's wonderful if you don't want to if you don't want to haul it back through an airport.
0: What were you, what were your favorite bags to use to especially to freeze milk? And I you, I know you have a lot of experience with freezing breast yeah, milk. <laughs> yeah. I tried a bunch of them. Um, yeah, but you did. I would
1: say like um, there's some that are more sturdy than others. The Spectra and the Medela ones are are nice um, in that regard. Lanzano and the Up and Up from Target are are kind of taller. Um, so if you, if you have a limited space, those worked better to brick. Um, so I think I've done like 70 and 73 ounces in a milk brick. Like you stick them in a gallon ziplock and line them up. Mm -hmm. Um, so if you're really looking to compact more milk, um, the lands and on the up and up ones are definitely better for that. But, um, Medela and Spectra makes some pretty good, um, up ones.
0: Yeah. They're like, they're they're really thick around the sides. They're, they're um, really, they look leak proof. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, and well, but then the issue you get with those with those stand up ones is when they when they actually when you lay them flat they don't actually lay flat they lay in more of like a triangle shape, and that's what causes some of them to break is is they don't freeze evenly so that skinny bit at the top is going to freeze sooner than the fat part at the bottom, and if you've ever frozen a, a tray of ice and you see that it kind of gets that first layer but the inside is still water that's really what's happening to your milk. And then that bottom kind of starts to blow out. And so those are the bags that that tend to leak is when it's in that freezing process. And they're not freezing uniformly.
0: I haven't like really thought about that part of the freezing process and that being a culprit for why some of these bags are leaking. So it actually is important, not just for convenience and for storing milk that you freeze it flat. It will freeze better. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, that was the, that was the dark engineering
1: science that went into us trying to figure out how do we make sure that these bags never break. And it was,
0: we need to, we need them to
1: freeze uniformly. We need it to freeze consistently. And so we added that compression to kind of squish it flatter to make sure that it's, that it's freezing consistently across the whole bag and to make it kind of as thin as possible. So you don't have that big fat bit at the top or you don't, you don't have curves
0: in it. Um, yeah. and then it's just yeah. a little bit of freeze. It probably thaws a, a little bit more, more evenly as well. I would think.
1: Yep. Yep. They still fit in. Like some people use bottle warmers. Um, they'll still fit in there. Um, we were really fancy and used a coffee mug full of hot water Um, when I did or Or coffee mug in the fridge a couple hours before. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You bet. So you've done quite a bit of research. I mean, like freezing milk and, and testing some of that stuff. Is that correct?
1: Yeah. Yeah. It was like the initial bit, it was, kind of just the back of our minds, like, this is just kind of how we knew fluid dynamics worked. We didn't actually put a lot of science and math to it. Um, but then once we developed the product, I actually was curious, like, how much of a difference does it make? You know, especially in like a Lanzan or an up and up bag that already, you know, lays flat, does it actually make a difference? And so I dorked out and got, you know, I got a ruler out and I started measuring, like, how much of a dis- difference does this really make? And it, it was eye opening to, to see that.
0: I really, I'm a little bit of a a scientific data nerd as well. So (laughs) I would love to know any more details you have about freezing milk. You know what I mean? Because this is like right up my alley is just like, tell me why, tell me why this is important. What things have I not considered before? You know, I think that kind of helps. I don't know. It just helps make the whole process easier when you understand some of the, the deeper stuff to freezing milk. Yeah.
1: Well, and it's a lot of it works the same way ice cubes and water bottles would if you've ever played sports and shot a water bottle in the freezer and if you've ever filled that water bottle like straight up to the top and then put the lid on and then stuck it in the freezer and it kind of like blows out you know what i'm talking about with the water bottle mm-hmm. or the positive top off um some of that has to do with you know if there's still air in it if it's just the liquid and air and liquid freeze differently and one will expand one won't um you know it's it's, it's that same theory applies to milk. And so what you wanna be careful to do is you don't wanna have air in the bag because air is gonna expand differently than a liquid when you're freezing it. So you wanna to try to get all those air bubbles out is kind of the first one of, you know, some of the dork science of it. Um, and then the other one, like I mentioned, just making sure that it's consistent and flat um, and you don't have that triangle effect of laying stand-up bags down um, just to make sure that it's, it's the same.
0: Have you found any tricks to get air out of the bags? I know that was always like one of the hardest things for me. Yes. It's, um, I think I have, I feel like I made a video of it at some point. Otherwise I need to make another one.
1: Um, but post to, it in the show you, notes, if you can find it, so that, yeah, I'll see uh, if I can find it for sure. Yeah. Um, but you, I would, I would do, I don't know, four to six ounces. I did a survey at one point to see what moms are freezing. And most moms do four to six ounces in a bag. Um, in case you were wondering where you fall on the spectrum, um, so you know, you throw four ounces in a bag and it's hard to, I'm going to see if I can articulate this, like just speaking, <laughs> but like you would, you kind of stand it up right. Um, and then I would always use, I would kind of put my pinky finger on the top of the milk and, but I'm holding the top of the bag with my index and thumb. Yep. And then I would kind of lay it down and use my pinky finger to kind of push the, the air out as you go up. And then once you get to the top, you can kind of
0: close the, the Ziploc bit of it.
1: But um you kind of use the counter to help you do it.
0: Um yeah, I've used the counter as, as well yeah. before too. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Maybe that's the next thing I need to make is something that just like easily does that for how can you. we get this air out, you know, because I always worried about pushing it like too hard and spilling the milk or um because when you have extra air in the bag and the milk freezes, it looks kind of weird too, almost kind of like a freezer burnt mm-hmm. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So I that was always hard for me to get all the air out. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Very cool. Um, gosh, it's so interesting. I feel like storing breast milk. I usually give the recommendation of like two to four ounces in a bag of frozen milk, but I think it really depends on what you're doing. I think if you are a stay-at-home mom and you're only feeding frozen milk occasionally, you do want smaller quantities because you're probably just making one bottle. Um, I work mostly with working moms, like, you know, moms like you who are feeding larger amounts. And then it just, it makes more sense. Like you don't need two ounce you don't need a million, two ounce bags in your freezer when you're going to be gone all day. And we're going to be using this milk. You know what I mean? So it's interesting to hear you say that four to six ounces is kind of where you found most moms were freezing their, yeah. their milk.
1: Well, so here's another, I don't know if you've ever tried this or heard this, but say you freeze everything in a six ounce bag, right? Cause you want to maximize what you're supposed to put. You really don't want to go over six ounces in a bag. They're not made for that. But say you freeze six ounces in a bag and you only need two ounces. Take that frozen bag out, stick it on a cutting board and use your use a knife and just cut a third of it off. Just cut a chunk of that off that, you know, and maybe cut it in two pieces so it fits in the in a bottle. You've seen like maybe on those trays that freeze little, you know, one and two ounce things. You don't you don't really need that. So cut off how much you need um, and then put the rest in a regular Ziploc.
0: You just, it, you just blew my mind. Why did I never think of that? <laughs> <laughs> but again, you have to freeze it flat and even to do that. Yep. Oh yep. my gosh. Why? Why is this not all over the internet? Oh my.
1: Because <laughs> <laughs> I've got three kids. I'm
0: trying. <laughs> That's like the best frozen milk hack I have ever seen.
1: Yeah, you don't need to do one and two ounce little nubs because so. Here's the thing I don't love about, about those trays. I think we're going to have to do thought here.
0: So please not to dog
1: on trays, but like, if you've ever thought about leftovers, like air touching your milk is what creates freezer burn. And so when you have cubes or, or one ounce, I don't know, little cylinder things, when you have those, it's more apt to get freezer burn faster. And so when we have these recommendations and say, oh, it's good in the freezer for, you know, up to a year. Well, it's probably not going to last a year getting that freezer burn on it. You want to keep as little air as possible touching your food, and breast milk mm-hmm. is food. And so that you wouldn't you wouldn't put leftovers in the freezer and just I don't know leave, let let that bag sit open, you know. So why would you want that much air touching your milk? And so to just leave it in six ounce bags, and then cut off whatever little bit you need whenever you need it, and then you're really only like letting that little bit on the end be susceptible to air for a minute. Like it just, it doesn't make sense to me.
0: I would put it in a new, like the part that was open, I would put it in a new bag. Is that what you would do too? I'll
1: just stick it. Yeah. Stick in a Ziploc bag. I mean, yeah, it's not, it's not any, uh, so by the time you've handled it and you're physically touching it, those bags aren't sanitized anymore and you're in your home, you are not actually going to sanitize anything as much as you boil it in water. Not technically sanitized, and breast milk is very, very tough, it's tougher than you think. And so, to to cut it off and put it in a Ziploc bag for a day or two or three until you need another little one ounce
0: nub off there, it's it's just fine. It's perfectly the fine. best idea I've ever heard. Seriously,
1: <laughs> I mean, aside from freezing it flat in the first place, I mean, come on. Second best. So well, you kind of
0: have to do that <laughs> if you want to be able to cut and know you're cutting off two ounces. You know what I mean? It yeah. has to be flat yeah. and even, which is. um, Okay. I want to ask you more questions about going back to work and a mom, but I feel like this is a really good place to tell us a little bit about freeze it flat, because you got to tell me what you invented and why you invented that and what it does.
1: So freeze it flat. Um, don't forget the, it was a, it was a home hack that we made when we were in Singapore. So I mentioned our tiny, tiny little Singaporean freezer. We, we made it first and foremost as a way to try to figure out how do we fit as much stuff in here as possible? Um, and so we made it as a space-saving device. I've gotten messages from donors that, you know, they're fitting almost twice as much in coolers now um, with the formula shortage, which just my heart is so happy hearing that. Um, so we we actually went to um, the Japanese dollar store. It's called Daiso. Anybody's familiar? It is the most amazing store on the planet, I swear to God. Um, then we cobbled together our own version of the freeze it flat so it's two plates and then we figured out like kind of these elastic straps they have that worked better than rubber bands um, to really just make that compression the way we wanted it and our like for our first kid we joked that Evelyn was um problem identification Brayden was product development and Gus was our sales and marketing so like the the product has evolved with our children um, in trying to make it better and tweak it and modify it um, and so for Ev, it was this, this really cobbled together home hack. Um, and then we had some friends that were in the, the same phase of life and said, can you make me one? Oh, sure. Why not? So while we were in Singapore, you know, we were kind of just making them as people asked for it. Um, so when we moved back to the States in 2018, we were getting enough of those requests that, uh, we're like, okay, well maybe we should actually like make this into a thing. And so, as anyone would do, we threw a 12-ton hydraulic press in our garage. Um, super normal, of course. You're also an engineer, so I <laughs> yes, mean- yes. So that was that was a super normal part for us. And um, we we got a steel rule die, which is like a it's a really fancy cookie cutter, if you will, and started punching out this design that we made for it. Um, I was hand sewing straps. I got a, a sewing machine and was, was I mean, we we're hand making these things uh, back in 2018. And so then since then, um, it's, it's evolved even more. We get customer feedback that has been so helpful in trying to figure out the design of how it should work and what do you guys need? And, and, um, now we have actually just got it like two weeks ago. We have full silicone straps that hold it together. We have an injection mold, which makes it look like a really, really fancy professional, you know, thing that you would get. And so it, it's kind of been this business on accident, you know, made a thing for ourselves. And turns out other people are loving it, um, you know. And so in, in four years of doing, um, you know, this development work, um, we've had over a thousand orders and I've only had three returns ever, which wow. is really speaks to like, okay, we're doing something that's helping people. And that, that's, I mean, that's the end goal. I mean, help as many parents not have to stress over their freezer. You have so many other things with a new baby. And if I can help this one little bit, um, you know, that's absolutely what I want to do.
0: That's amazing. Yeah. Um, where do you mostly, do you have a website? Is that where you do most do. of your sales? Yeah. Yeah. So we, we have
1: freeze it Um, that'll redirect to mammaway.com. Um, and it's just our, our Shopify site to buy direct from us. I've got, you know, if this was on video, you would see our assembly department um, right behind me here. My kids yeah. help with um, dropping things off at the post office and putting stickers on things and they love it. Um, but then as of, I think it's a week and a half now, um, as of the tail end of June, we're on Amazon. And so I'm, I'm totally stoked about that. And if you look at pictures of it, it's, it's the black one with the white straps. You'll know it's us. Um, so try to, try to keep it prominent and consistent in the the pictures of it.
0: I, that, that reminds me, I've seen a couple other products like this. Um, are you dealing with like some copycats, some kind of like off-brand stuff? Yeah. So
1: there's, yeah, there, so there's trays like that you can kind of lay it flat, but that doesn't have the compression, which is the big piece that really makes this whole thing work. Yeah. Uh, and then there is one individual um, that has a, a white and blue one um, that looks similar, um, but the the form and function, the material is completely different. Um, it's probably my biased opinion, uh, but it's not the same. It's not you're not going to get the same out of it. And that one is also made by a man. This one is made by a mom. Nothing against men. I'm married to one, but you know, he hasn't lived it and I have. And, and so anything you get from me and anything you come to, you know, our website, you, you get me and, and I want to help, you know, anything else that goes along with this. I was messaging a customer this morning. She's, she's going on a work trip and talking about how to get through
0: some of the stuff with TSA. And I'm, Yep. Here's, what you, here's how it goes. Um, yeah. That's, this is hard for me too. I see this a lot in the breast pump world as well. Um, someone will, you know, a startup or a mom will put a lot of effort and, and their moms like you, they have degrees. Like you're an engineer. Like this is awesome. Um, will put a lot of time and effort into developing a product that they know works and that they know works well and that they've, tr- they've tried and used and they came up with a solution for their own problem. And then others will take the idea and make a much cheaper version of it and try and sell that. And it's just not the same. Um, and I think you can kind of get that in any kind of product that we're talking about in the the mom world. There is always, I don't know if you could call it a knockoff, like cheaper option. Um, but yeah. they are almost always not as good and they almost always have zero to no customer service. They also, they're just not as good. And I, I've seen the product that you're talking about that's similar to yours and I'll tell you that yours is better. Yours is much better, but it was more thought through and it was um, intentional. You know what I mean? It wasn't like a quick business strategy. Like, this is a product to help moms, and you're running a small business surrounding that. I don't know. I feel that really deeply because I can relate a little bit. And it's just the world of business, especially as an entrepreneur, is difficult. And I didn't realize some of these challenges before I kind of started my own business and, and doing these things. Um, it makes a difference support small businesses if you can. And often you're going to get better products, better service and serve the lactating and, and parenthood community much better in the process.
1: I appreciate you saying that. Yeah. It's, it's been, it's been a lesson and a learning curve and I, you know, I'm, I'm thankful for, for what I've learned in the process for sure um but yeah he's, there there's some crosshairs um and we're gonna now that we're on amazon um definitely have some plans in place to try to figure out how to bump that other one out of the way because it doesn't do it doesn't do parents a, a service when they think they're getting mine and they think they're getting me um and then they don't
0: yeah. So they need it's, the support. We, we need things
1: easier, not harder.
0: I totally agree. And I see this with breast pumps all the time. You know, can I get this cheaper option or can, or do I have to spend the money for the nicer one? And I'm like, well, you're kind of going to get what you pay for. You know what I mean? And actually, it's the same price. I've actually, I've got mine on Amazon Stop. two it's cents cheaper than his right now. <laughs> okay. So, no, no, no. Intentional. Yeah. <laughs> done, done. Okay. Let's, I would love to know about you had a short maternity leave with your kiddos five weeks yeah. and eight weeks. That's crazy. Yes. Did you feel like ready to go back at that point? I want,
1: and I know everybody has a different spectrum on this, right? Like, so there is I, zero judgment and what everybody else feels. I was in the, like, I can't wait to get back to an office and talk to grownups. Yep. Um, <laughs> like that, that was, that was me. That was my experience in, And so for my daughter, I had a very, very supportive boss. Um, And with the travel schedule, you know, I didn't want to come back and be on a plane the next day. Right. So we worked out a deal. And this is something I would absolutely encourage you know, moms to do is, you know, find something that works for you, that works for your sanity. Um, But I came back to work at eight weeks and I did, I think I did like three days a week for like a month and a half where I'm on email, I'm on phone calls, I'm available but I'm not traveling yet. And so I did this kind of like ease back into work setup. Um, with leave in the States, you have 12 weeks um, and that can be used in 15 minute increments. And I, I don't know that a lot of people realize that. They think they need to use the whole 12 weeks all at once and then, you know, it's, it's gone. But, you know, with the right conversation with an employer and seeing what's available, I did the ease back in piece and I, and I used pieces of it at a time. And then by the time I was back five days a week, I've already kind of gotten some things started. It's not full on go from an off switch to an on switch. Um, With my second, I actually had a, we had an annual conference uh, that I just didn't want to miss. I had people that were coming globally that were going to be there um, that I hadn't met yet. And so I took Brayden and flew from Singapore to Nashville for this conference, um, my mom came down to Nashville, and she sat in the hotel, like across the parking lot from my office. And so she watched him during the day. I would come back at lunch, um, drop off what I had, go back to the conference. Um, it was not easy. I don't like recommend it if you have <laughs> alternate options. By all means, um, I, you know, but I had the the privilege of my mom come down and be able to help with that. Um, so we took advantage, and she actually. She actually flew back to Singapore with me to help like taking him home. So my dad flew from Singapore to Nashville with me. My mom flew back and we kind of broke that up. We actually got stuck in Tokyo. We had a flight delay. And so we actually got stuck in Tokyo overnight trying to get back to Asia after that, which is fun with a six week old. (laughs) But on the bright side, he got his passport stamped in three different countries by the time he was six weeks old. You know, so if you want to look at the silver lining, fun stories of it. Um it's fun to look back on. I don't
0: know how fun it was to of on on. that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, exactly. That's just crazy. And then with yeah. your third one, did you have did you go back to work after your third or did you transition into something we new? We
1: had we had just moved to Colorado when I was seven months pregnant. Um yeah. I had a, you know, every every company and every boss is different, right? And so I didn't have the luxury of doing the the ease back into it set up for that one um, so I actually took the whole four months um, straight which drove me nuts um, <laughs> but when I went back for that one that one was back at four months on a plane for nine days um, and so I left my husband with three kids and one of them four months old and breastfeeding and he's he's a champ and amazing in a whole lot of ways um, but yeah I left my husband with three kids and and a cooler breast milk or a freezer full of breast milk. And, and that was one of the times that I shipped it back.
0: So did you start pumping? When did you start pumping in your breastfeeding kind of experience, knowing that you were going to have to go back to work in all three of these scenarios?
1: So I will, I will say I started expressing, um, at about 37, 38 weeks. And so I started doing the, the hand expression of colostrum before the kids even showed up. Obviously, there's you know the asterisk doctors approval, all those things that go with it. Um, but then actually, I would get um, a haka in the hospital, still on. Um, and so it was it was uh, very very early on, and I would I would actually get out a hand pump first thing in the morning um, when your hormones are highest and milk production's the highest, and and uh, try to pump and see if I could get a couple ounces every morning. You know, aside from whatever they would eat, and so I started a freezer stash, kind of day one, Uh, and we really we were encouraged by our doulas to put your boobs on a schedule, not the baby. And so, like, if the baby's sleeping for four or five hours, let him sleep, Um, but make sure that you're pumping or you're expressing every. And I would do it every two and a half to three hours, just in case in case I forgot or something happened, and now it's three and a half hours or something like that. Like, but I would set an alarm and every two and a half, three hours, um, see what I could get out and start making that that freezer stash knowing that I
0: would go back. That's an interesting idea. put your, put your breasts on a schedule, not the baby. I actually, I kind of like that. Yeah. Um, and it just, this is an, this is an excellent example of how your goals and what you're going to be doing long-term, like going back to work, what you need affect how the first part goes, because a lot of times, you know, I'll encourage moms to wait to pump, like, let's really get breastfeeding going here. And mm-hmm. then we'll, we'll figure out how to add in the pump and get you set up for going back to work. Um, but I think this is a great example of you just kind of knowing your goals. Okay. So when I go back to work, I'm leaving for almost two weeks and we got to have milk. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And yeah. so it, for you, um, starting a little bit earlier made the most sense. And it sounds like you did it in a in a great way, you know, once a day, just kind of like whittling at it away, one to two ounces at a time, um, to keep it not so overwhelming. I I like how you approached it, um, based on the goals that you had specifically.
1: Yep, exactly. And, and my story will not fit for everyone, right? Yeah. Like, it's very much not going to fit for everybody. But it's, and I've noticed with having three of them um, you know, you you have the first one and you figure it out and you have the second one and there's this like, okay, is it going to be the same? Is it going to be different? Okay. It was different. And then you have the third one. You're like, okay, which one of those two is he going to be like, oh no, he's got his own. Okay. We got a third round. That's different. You know, like every baby is different. And I mean, even, even in my story, I've never used formula. I've, I've only breastfed or pumped. Um, and all three of mine were wildly different. You know, I didn't, my daughter wasn't full on without a, a nursing shield for four months. Mm.
0: You
1: know, my, my first son, um, he was, he was pretty good. He latched on right away. He was probably my best immediate one. Um, but he ended up having to get a tongue tie revision at two months old, started from scratch all over again. And then my third, about, probably about six weeks, you know, same thing. We did the, the tongue tie revision and he was a little bit younger. So he, he didn't have as much of a learning curve the second time around, but I, you know, I've told people that I've got three kids and I've learned how to breastfeed five times (laughs) because it's, it's just, it's just different. And, you know, you keep trying things. I've like, even with my third, I had a lactation consultant that was hands on, like, let's figure this out. Um, you know, so you don't, you don't get to a point where it just is necessarily there. Like keep trying stuff, figure out what works for you. Um, and if that works, keep doing that. And if it doesn't work, try something else.
0: Yeah. That I've had a very similar experience. All three of mine were different and you just kind of had to figure it out again. There were parts that were easier being a second and third time mom, but, uh, some parts I felt like a brand new mom. I'm called a lactation consultant, a friend, um, in the first (laughs) week. And I'm like, come over right now. I'm melting down. And I don't know anything about babies and you have to help me. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it's like, Okay. I'll be over. Just, yeah. just, you know, take a chill pill. And, but yeah. as a mom, it's, it's hard and it's different every time. Yeah. 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 Ask for help.
1: Don't be afraid to like, don't be afraid to ask for help ever. Like there is a village here and it takes a village very much a very, very true thing. And yeah, it's, you don't get too old to ask for help.
0: You bet. So what kind of pumps did you use? I'd be really interested to know what your favorite pump was, what you've tried, especially in since oh, yeah. you've been doing this for the last eight years. You know what I mean? Off and on. Yeah. It's,
1: it's been a minute. Yeah.
0: Um, I started with the Medela,
1: um, the pump and style advance of pizza or whatever you call it. That yeah, was kind of yeah. the, I'll, I'll say can swear, that was the brick house. Like that was the thing that just did the job. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> it was very, very sturdy and transport Um, then I had, I always had a harmony, um, as like a hand pump and a Haka for early on. Um, I tried the Medela swing. It didn't have like the suction that I probably needed. And again, this is the caveat of everybody's different, right? Like I, I found the Medela had kind of the turbo boost. I just like crank that thing on with a quick session. Um, I loved the spectra. For my third, I had the, the blue one. Yeah, the spectrum 1. Is that the one? Okay, I had the yeah. blue one. Um, <laughs> and then that one was nice for middle of the night. It's quieter. Like, it didn't yeah. wake me up. Um, I loved it for that. I had a Baby Buddha, which that one just kicked the Medela one out of the way. Like, I had, I remember I turned it on once and the battery was about dead. And I was like, okay, let's see how much I can get out until this battery dies. I think I got like four and a half, five ounces in less than five minutes. Like that is just like turn it on and go. It's a strong pump. Um, yeah. So uh, like, uh,
0: yeah, like the strong section, that's it's yeah. Yes.
1: No, joke. yeah. So yes, caveat, watch out, like that thing will bite you the first time you try it. Um if you don't expect it. But then I also had Ardo. There was just pretty good for um like the transportability of it. Um, I liked that one. Yeah. Um what else have I tried? I feel like there's another one, and I'm forgetting. But yeah, I think the favorite ones are Baby Buddha, um, Spectra, and the Harmony. And the Harmony is just the hand pump, correct? Yeah, just the yep, the manual one. And Haka. I mean, that that I feel like that's the no brainer that everybody needs a silicone one. Um, like collection cup,
0: one hundred percent. Especially because I mean, we're talking to mostly working moms here, so you yeah. we can't deny you need milk when you go back to work, right? And yes. so if nothing else, start like. A haka here and there can give you half an ounce, an ounce, maybe even two ounces yes. at a time. Just freeze it away. And yeah. Also, yeah. So your working moms
1: put a haka in your, in your desk drawer, because for the day, when you forget something, I'm just going to say it because it'll probably happen at some point. Like you can put that thing on as like the permanent suction and at least hand express into that thing. If you forget a piece for your pump. And so it's a, it's a cheap option to just stick in a desk drawer or just kind of always have with you is something that helps create suction, suction in case, in case you forget a part.
0: That's an awesome idea. I, I usually recommend like, like a harmony, like a hand pump for that, yeah. but I think even an even less expensive option would be a Haka. You'll have to do a little more manual work to get the milk mm-hmm. out than you would with like a, a manual power. Yeah. Um, yeah. But geez, I, I. I mean, that's easy to store and they're so tiny. Yes. (laughs) I hadn't thought of that. Oh, that's excellent. All right. As we kind of wrap up here, is there anything else you want to share? And again, we're talking specifically to working moms about either your journey, what helped you the most, any like kind of advice you have for working moms trying to navigate this?
1: I know I would absolutely great question. And my answer is going to be the same every time. And I know we, as moms, we tend to put on our own oxygen mask last. And when it comes to pumping, you need to put it on first and you need to put it on your calendar and schedule it just as intentionally as whatever meeting you're having with your boss, as whatever meeting you're having with your staff of these are the times during the day that I'm pumping. And I think I had it on my calendar as, you know, Medela session one and Medela session two or whatever. Um, your, I think I had at one point, I had the late league meeting, you know, if somebody was like looking at my calendar, like, oh, I don't know, They're not going to ask about that. It's in a weird, different language. Um, but put it on your calendar and make it non-negotiable that this is my 30 minutes. If you need 45 minutes, right? Like if your your breasts take longer to empty, if you need 45 minutes, put it on your calendar for 45 minutes. Um, and just really make sure you give yourself the space and the permission and the priority to take care of yourself first and and because i've seen the stress over it and stressing about your milk supply i swear to god is the biggest thing that decreases your milk supply
0: yeah
1: and yeah. so give yourself the give yourself the time and give yourself the priority to put it in your schedule and don't negotiate
0: That's sorry excellent. i'm not available
1: yeah not available busy does 930 work for you instead and you'd be surprised how many people are like oh okay sure no
0: problem yeah it's yeah it's important. It's also hard. It's really, Mm -hmm. um, it takes some time and, and it's like lost work time. You know, you you're kind of still expected to get the same amount of work done the same amount in your day, Mm -hmm. but now you have, you know, almost an hour less time than you did before. And I think just kind of coming to terms with, with that. And I liked what you said, non-negotiable, this is my pumping time and I will not move it. Um, Mm -hmm you know, and I get stuff comes up. You have this meeting that has to be at this time. Okay. Let's sneak it in a little bit earlier and we can adapt. But I mean, if you have it on your
1: calendar and it's visual and somebody wants to schedule something and you're just moving your meeting around, it's such a different activity than having to create it. Right. Like if somebody schedules over your pumping time, you can reassess your day and say, okay, I'm going to pump before that, or I'm going to pump after that. And here's how it's going to move around but at least it's there giving you permission that that needs to happen today.
0: Yeah. I love that. And it's so much easier to schedule your day around your pumping than pumping around mm-hmm. your day. Um, yes. that causes that. so much extra like mental load on you every single day that you just don't have, to, we don't have time for this. You know what I mean? Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly.
0: Thank you so much. I will put a bunch of links down in the show notes for everyone listening. We'll have, hopefully, we can find some videos. I'm going to make some reels on some of the tips you shared today because they were absolutely <laughs> awesome. dynamite. Um, we'll have <laughs> links, of course. So you can check out Freeze It Flat. And I think I even have a coupon code. I think I'm going to. I think you do. In. Yeah. I'm absolutely put it. that in yeah. there for sure. Absolutely do. Um, I love it. So thank you again so much, Jill, for taking the time to talk with us today. I learned so much and it was a pleasure talking to you. Life-wise, It's so good to see you. You can find, Bye. um, more information about the pumping for working moms program, which is how I work with working moms down in the show notes too. And we will see you all next time. Thanks.